It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a magic marker. A, a felt pen. It's a mistake. It's a trap. It's a fucking comedy. It's quiet. Maybe too quiet. It's all happening. It's a good day to die. It's a good day to talk about movies. Welcome back. It is a good day to talk about The First Purge, the fourth film in the franchise, released in 2018. I am your host, Duncan. Joining me as always are Gardner. Peace not Purge. And Taran. How we doing? Today we continue our miniseries on the Purge franchise. We previously discussed the first three films, so if you missed those, go check them out. Today's episode will be a mini-sode, and then next week we will have a full episode on The Forever Purge, the newest film in the franchise, which is in theaters now, if you're listening to this in July 2021. Before we go any further, this discussion will contain spoilers. Like I said today, we are talking about The First Purge, the fourth film in the franchise, so that means spoilers for all of the first four movies. We will be spoiling The First Purge from 2018, The Purge Election Year from 2016, The Purge Anarchy from 2014, and The Purge from 2013. If you don't want them spoiled, turn this off now, go watch them, and come back to us. That's it. That's your spoiler warning. On with the discussion. So today we are discussing The First Purge, the prequel which shows us how The Purge began in this universe. This movie was released in 2018 and is the first in the franchise not to be directed by James DeMonico, the creator of the franchise. Instead, this movie is directed by Gerard McMurray, but it is still written by James DeMonico, as were the first three. The film stars Elon Noel as Dimitri, a drug kingpin, Lex Scott Davis and Joy Von Wade as Naya and Isaiah, siblings living together on Staten Island. Naya is the older sister who takes care of Isaiah, but they struggle financially. Patch Dara plays Arlo Sabian, the NFFA chief of staff who serves as the main antagonist. And the amazing Marissa Tomei plays Dr. May Updale, the architect of the Purge experiment. So that's the cast. Like I said, the movie is a prequel, which shows us how the NFFA implemented the purge. It turns out it started out as an experiment that was held on Staten Island, where they paid people $5,000 to stay on the island during the experiment. And people were told that they would earn even more money if they participated, although how much more was never specified. That's the premise of the movie. Let's get to our initial thoughts. As a reminder, Gardner had never seen this movie before, and he had never seen any of the films in this franchise until we started this miniseries. So far, Gardner has said each movie has gotten better. He thought that three was better than two and two was better than one, which he hated and gave a 45. But Purge 2 and 3, he both ranked in the 70s. And actually, all three of us have ranked the last two movies in the 70s. So that's where we are in the franchise as of now. Gardner, what did you think about the first Purge? Did it continue the trend of movies getting better? You know, I I did enjoy the movie. To me, it nevertheless did feel like kind of a step back, I think, because... I think it suffered from a lot of the same problems like other prequels do where like a lot of the tension is deflated because we know what happens fucking, you know, like 20 years in the future. Now it is a completely different cast of characters that we haven't seen before. So there is some, there is something new there, but the concept of the purge and a lot of like the socioeconomic commentary at this point is starting to feel samey. They're not really introducing all that much new to say about it that hasn't been said in the first three movies. Now, I did like a lot of aspects of it. I liked that it was focused pretty much entirely on the POC experience. The only white characters really are like the antagonists. I think so that that kind of really drives home the um, the socioeconomic commentary, like I said before. But uh I don't know. I don't know if it was the fact that DeMonico didn't return to direct or what, but it uh, it just it lacked that uh, je ne sais quoi, that little spark there. 
I still enjoyed it. Just it, it felt like a, a step down from two and three to me. I kind of thought you might say something along those lines. We'll get to the prequel sickness, which it suffers from. But before we do that, Tarn, let's hear your initial thoughts. This is also my first time watching this. This one's easily my favorite at this point in time. Big fan of this one. I think it was just a real fun, like, you know. Okay, so Garner's like, we know what happens. We know what is going to happen. But you are kind of in the dark about how the purge actually starts, right? And, you know, they're driving home the, you know, in anarchy that you've got. You know, they're starting to use the government to hunt people down and up the purge levels. But in this one, you know, I was kind of expecting it to be more of the emotional fucking purge your it's no this one's like hardcore we're trying to take out poor people like that's what the government was doing the whole time which i don't know if i was necessarily seeing it to be quite so aggressive in terms of the story for the purge like i wasn't ready for it to be that's where they were from the start because in the first one they kind of pitch it like it went that direction but i also like i mean the neighborhood scenes and everything were a blast like everybody the scale it just has continued to grow with this one as well right okay I kind of agree with you where I think that for me, I thought this was the most well-made of the movies. And I think that honestly, maybe James Monaco stepping down as director, in my opinion, might have helped it. I think it was also the most well-acted and had the best characters, in my opinion. I liked these characters better than any of the other characters in the other movies, I think. And like you were saying, Gardner, it suffers from, you know, things that are going to happen. So you know where it's leading. And you also know this theme of, rich versus poor we're aware of that already so it's not like groundbreaking in this movie at all it can't really be that groundbreaking other than showing you like Tarn, you were saying how it was implemented is kind of cool and that is another aspect of world building but it also suffers from the fact that it doesn't exist in a world where the purge has existed so it this world hasn't had enough time to become this crazy dystopian society yet it's not exactly our society but it's much closer and you don't get the cool different levels of purgers and you know no one has had time to prepare for this so it's not like you have rich people having these parties where they're buying people and that's like this crazy gross world building that you can do in the other movies you can't do that in this one because it's this confined little experiment i kind of appreciate like the raw start that we get and this also shows when they're pitching the purge if they would have just let it do what it was going to do it really wasn't going to be what it turned into right the majority of the people were partying like just goes to show you it's never a bad time to party like a lot of the people are you know huddled in churches protecting each other not a lot of people like the majority of the people with guns were protecting their own businesses or whatever and the only reason that the purge gets stoked to the level that we see in this movie which then we get the snowball into where they are in the rest of the movies where you have this dystopian thing is that it was choreographed and kind of puppeteered from the shadows to ensure that they were going to get this kind of behavior out of the populace right it's not like it's just gung-ho purging right they forced it and they created what we see in the previous three movies yeah and i guess we'll talk about that right from the get-go let's just start with that how obviously we see in the further in the earlier installments in the franchise but in the future of this universe we see that the government is for example, Big Daddy is going out in these trucks and they're taking out buildings full of people and going on to the next one. And so we see that starting to happen in this one where the citizens aren't purging enough. And so they already are sending in those government agents. Obviously, that's a big part of this movie. And that re realization comes to certain different characters at different points throughout the movie. But it's also rigged from the get go because they're offering $5,000 not just to stay on the island, but then they're offering a monetary incentive to kill people. 
So they were already rigging it before they had to send people in. Yeah, and but even with that incentive, you're not you don't get the level of purging that you see or like that they were anticipating, right? Because we see that with Dr. Updale. She's like, oh, well, we were expecting it to do this and this. And they never got that initial boost that was going to die down like she was predicting. So like if they don't do the multiple things they do and then specifically sending in these hired guns, the purge doesn't go on next year, right? Like it doesn't happen. See, I find what what y'all are talking about to be like an interesting part of the overall message of the franchise. But I find that because it's been so thoroughly addressed in the three movies previous to this and very explicitly in the second one uh, with the character of Big Daddy and everything, it just, to me, it just didn't land the same. It was like, um, there's no revelations here. I, I know all this already. And um, if, if I'm going to get like really into it, I want something, something new and fresh to chew on. And I think the scaling back of everything uh, that like happens in this world, in this movie, to me, just kind of, um, I wasn't as engaged, basically. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff that works in this movie, but the fundamental conceit of it being the first purge and it's rigged from the get-go and everything by the NFFA. It's just like, I don't know, it just didn't quite hit the spot. That is no, like I- the only reveal, is that they were always doing the same thing. Whereas like in some of the movies, it's like, oh, they started doing that. And it's like, no, they're doing it the whole time. All of the other aspects is like the violence, the hired guns and everything. It's like, well, yeah, they did that in all the other movies too, right? The only surprise is that that was the game plan from the start, which again, not super. Right, which isn't that big of a surprise because yeah. the we know the NFFA is like evil, Right. So they're like the established bad guys. So it's like the bad guys are going to do like more bad stuff, the same bad stuff that we've seen them doing throughout the entire franchise. Okay. It's bad, but I've, I've seen it before and in a much more intense scale. So that's, that's part of where it just didn't land for me. I see what you're saying. And I do think that the scenes with the architect and the NFFA chief of staff are the weakest parts of the movie. And the realization that they are sending these goons in early on, these government hit squads are going in. That becomes clear to the audience very quickly, I think. And one of my notes that I wrote down was that revelation to the characters in the movie comes way too late. Then yeah. realizing that they're playing catch up with the audience and you don't want that. And I do yeah, think- if anything, you want the characters to know something that the audience doesn't know, you know? Right. Well, And it can be helpful to have the audience like in suspense, it can be good to have- the audience knows something that the characters don't know, but if you drag it out too long, suspense dies. Right. And that's where I feel like I liked the streets part of it. I wish they showed us more of that. And if they focused primarily on that and scaled back how much screen time we were getting with, and I hate to say it because I love Marissa Tomei, but those scenes were not doing much for the overall plot of the movie. They weren't doing much for the audience, I don't think. Nor were and, they doing much for her character. Yeah. I, and, I, I, mean, I don't understand her. Like, I love Marissa Tomei. Don't get me wrong. But I just was like her character. I was like, you're so stupid. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah. And it's like, am I supposed to now like her? Or yeah. I mean, because it, it was still her idea. This is still a fucked up thing to have. Like, like that's you're not a good person. I don't think if you're coming she up was with that pretty idea. like excited when that video of the first kill came in. Right. She's like, like, let's get this out to the news. I'm like, I, is she supposed to be some sort of like anti-hero or something? No, to me, she's just a villain. Yeah, she was unsympathetic for me as well. And then that makes the whole her like getting dumped out in Staten Island and just shot down very. It doesn't do anything because you don't care about her. She's a bad person. 
and they didn't do enough to i mean i don't even know what you would do to redeem that but you know her being like oh no you can't do you can't now send the government people in to go kill people isn't enough to redeem her character in my opinion no i didn't care about her at all also i want to say the green screen in the interview with the two of them with van jones was fucking terrible did y'all notice that i didn't Go back and look at it again, man. That is some amateur hour green screen for whatever budget this movie had. <laughs> but I will say, mil, I think, is it? Yeah, so I mean, not a lot, but so we've talked about how we don't like those characters and we didn't really enjoy the scenes with them and that kind of dragged it down a little bit. Let's talk about the ones that we did like. I love Dimitri and I love that. Dimitri kicks ass. Right. And I love that they made the drug kingpin the hero of it and just pretty much doesn't do anything bad. Well, he does shoot like. that one guy in the face and, you know, and then execute the rest of that gang. And I feel like that's part of the. I don't feel like that's bad. They just tried to kill you. He lets the girls go. That's, right. the, good, that's the good part, in my opinion. No, I don't know. It's, he's I, a realistic character. I'm just saying if they wanted to make him like a saint of a drug lord, he would have like, yeah. spared their lives. I guess. Yeah. But he's looking out for Naya and Isaiah throughout the movie. And I, I believe him that he didn't know that isaiah was working the corners i don't think he would have let that happen so and he obviously does care for her enough to get himself and his whole squad i mean obviously he didn't mean for them all to die but he was willing to put everyone's lives on the line to save her so yeah yeah he definitely had like a heart of gold and i agree he was probably my favorite character in the movie he's just awesome there's so many we talked a little bit about fuck yeah moments in the last one this one has a lot of those yeah he's like fucking jason Bourne, dude it's amazing the act, I mean, while maybe some of the storytelling is flat just because we've heard the story, the action scenes in this movie are my favorite of the series so far. Like, they're fucking sick. A lot of explosions, and the combat scenes are, like, amazing, like really fun for me. I will say, in the fight with the girls when they're trying to assassinate him, there's this cut to black, and it's really out of place, I feel like. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but it's, like, right as... They, I think it's like she lifts up the knife maybe and it cuts to black and then it goes to them fighting. And it was almost like there was supposed to be a commercial break. I felt like I was watching a TV show. <laughs> I don't know. Watch, go back and watch the, the just that fight scene and tell me what you think about the... If it, well, they were running out. in parallel, weren't they? Because it was like he was getting jumped by the two prostitutes and then who was the other person that was getting jumped at like the same time? What, weren't they like showing that two people were kind of... Fuck, from my remember. recollection i went right back into the fight yeah i don't know my notes are a little sparse for this movie so i can't deduce just from looking at them so we talked about it. staten island that's where this experiment is going on notably not the actual first annual purge when they say the first purge it's the experiment of the purge so and it takes place in 2017 five years before the events of the first movie which means they implemented it the, of the, the first next... purge movie yeah they Yes. Yeah. So I've have <laughs> the naming convention of this series, naming the fourth movie in the Purge franchise, the first Purge, not confusing at all. Yeah. But so just the only note I have on that is that that means they convinced everyone we're implementing this annually the very next year. Yeah. Well, there's that like mid credit scene where the chief of staff is on the news and he's like, Staten Island went great. We're going to start doing this nationwide every year. Yeah. Nationwide purge, as the kids are calling it, right? I think he says something along those lines. Because, yeah. you know, they didn't have a name for it, but it sticks pretty quick. So 
Isaiah's not supposed to be on the island. That's one thing that we can talk about, how we have the running theme of characters being out during the Night of the Purge when they're not supposed to be out. Naya has sent him, I believe, to Brooklyn, sent him somewhere off of Staten Island, and he... Yeah, he was supposed to go stay with his uncle or something. Right. And so he decides he would rather have the $5,000. He's he's looking at the leaky ceiling and wants to be able to afford repairs and stuff like that. So decides he wants the $5,000, does it, and then decides he wants... Well, before that, he gets slashed by Skeletor. Skeletor is the first person we see in the movie, and he's the one who actually like kind of names the Purge. And then he goes out, tries to buy drugs from Isaiah, but... They got beef. He's trying to get him for free. Isaiah says no, tells him to back, get out of here. He slashes him on the face. And then Isaiah is like, okay, well now this guy punked me. I got to like get revenge. Um, And it's the purge. It'll be legal. So why not that and the $5,000? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Win, 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 dude. Exactly. It was, yeah. Those were all factors in leading to him, not only deciding to stay on the island, but to go out and try to purge himself. So He's out there trying to do that. Obviously, he actually does run into Skeletor and has has the perfect chance to actually do it and just chokes big time. And then it's like, you're now screwing not only yourself over, but now Naya's out here. And that eventually leads up to they're getting chased down. Skeletor finds them and is like about to fuck her up. Yeah, that was an awesome moment when he finally, Isaiah finally does something, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like the whole movie, he's like, oh, I'm going to go do something. I'm going to do something. And then he's backing down, backing down, backing down. And I get it. He's supposed to be like a young guy. He's probably supposed to be like 16 or 17, something like that, you know, and he's trying to act harder than he really is. And then uh, once Naya is actually in danger, he grabs that. Was it a knife or like a shard of glass that he jams in Skeletor's spine? Looked like a busted pain to me. That's yeah. what I thought as well. Yeah. Which is brutal. Uh, but that was awesome. Also, did you guys notice before that when they're in the party, uh, we got a little cameo from Designer? Oh, I did not. Yeah. <laughs> designer. Really? Oh, yeah. I, dude, I knew I recognized that face. I did Back not. When he was relevant. I was going to say that was Designer. What a little 15 minutes. I got bribes in Atlanta. She's a Dolina fan. Credit cards in the scammers. Hitting the licks in the van. Legacies. Fan. Wayne C. Look like a pan. Panda. Panda, panda. Uh, before that, before the, the meetup between Isaiah and Naya, those like that thing where um she like gets like trapped around her foot and mm-hmm. she's like the grate, and like those guys are like reaching up and she hits them with the pepper spray and she's like, What is she say? You pussy grabbing motherfuckers. I was like, Oh yeah. nice, very subtle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that's what he was doing, man. And we get the call back to the other movies with you know the ankle trap, very popular. It's a classic. Yeah, I mean, it's just another entry in like the Purge franchise, like history of not so subtle political references, yep. which is fine. It works well. I laughed. Yeah, I definitely made a note of that. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned the first Purge of the night, which Marissa Tomei's character was excited about, and it was Skeletor. But I think an interesting note was the person he killed was doing the smart thing on Purge Night, which was robbing an ATM. Definitely, that's the smart thing to do. Why not? I mean, well, the reason why not is because you might get killed by someone, actually. Yeah, someone might sneak up behind you and just stab you in the chest. Right right there, yep. And I guess they wouldn't be financially compensating you because they, they say, like, where the contacts. If you purge, you'll get additional money. But the implication is pretty clear that by purge, they mean murder and yeah. not any other kind of 
illicit activity. I mean, the the NFFA people in like the headquarters watching it all go down, they're very disappointed that people are just doing drugs and partying and whatever. They just want people to die. Yeah. The people were like, oh, we don't need a permit to party in the street right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Block party time. Honestly, that's, you know, it, it is a little more realistic than the previous entries in the franchise, which come <laughs> subsequent in the timeline. That's <laughs> tough. Yeah. But it is also like those people clearly don't, they're not worried about someone else killing them. They're very safe. They feel like I would not feel that comfortable again, hiding in my room, maybe in a closet. If we got people spending time with a bunch of random people you don't know. That is just bizarre to me. But again, we see it throughout this one. There's re- like kind of a tight knit neighborhood vibe going on. Most people know most people. And like you were saying, the first like real crime we see is busting into the ATM. Not a lot of like violent drives you know everybody i mean if if you show up to a party and there's a thousand people getting lit in the street it's like oh nobody wants to do anything other than have fun tonight caution to the wind i guess i don't think you'd catch me out there though on the first night I'd have to, which is i mean that's pretty much where like the big main message of the movie is is that like were this to really happen people wouldn't be so quick to jump into violence it has to be stoked right and that's what the nffa do by sending in the mercenaries and the white nationalists and everything. And that maybe is, maybe Gardner, you can give it a little bit credit there. It's going a little bit different in the messaging because it's focusing more on, or not focusing necessarily because it is, it still has that central theme and it is definitely also showing you how, because they even say it, it's a way to kill black and brown people. That's a literal quote from the movie. So now they're not even talking just about rich versus poor. They're saying you're attacking minorities, but you know, the characters themselves are saying, but it's also like you were saying, showing how people need to be pushed into violence, which I think is something that they touch on definitely in the other movies. But like we were saying, we didn't know from the get go, people weren't going to be doing really any murder. Someone who's clearly not mentally stable is the first person to kill someone. We don't even know how long it would have taken if you take Skeletor out of the equation. Right. That's fair. I can definitely give a credit for that. I mean, it, I was maybe a little harsh in saying that it like didn't really do anything new. It did explore that aspect of like the goodness of human nature a little better. Uh, whereas the other movies are like more on just sort of this overwhelming bloodlust that is like completely plague society. Clearly they're not at that point yet. And there's like still optimism for humanity, but also it's, it's a purge movie. And I just know that eventually that's what it's all going to devolve into. Right. And we do know that eventually certain people do believe the the government and go out there and try to purge themselves and want to do it. There are violence does occur and it's not all just the government we see later on in the series. A big point in the, in the movies is that the government has to supplement it and it's going down, at least between the purge and the purge too. it's going down. We know. But we do know that there is still civilians that are purging. And so this does become something that America does totally embrace. And even if even the people who don't purge, a lot of them believe in it and believe that it's working for their country because they've seen their country now economically prosper afterwards. So we do know that America eats that shit up. Right. And maybe that was part of the sick fun I had in the previous installments was that people were doing this of their own volition. And I didn't find it all terribly realistic, but I didn't need it to be because I'm watching an alternate history thriller franchise that's its own world and it's got its own stuff going on. I don't know that I personally needed this more grounded, more realistic approach because you can still have these very relevant 
real life themes in something that does not mirror real life. Yeah, well, because like in The Purge, right? You guys are saying like it is like you were like we were talking heavily adopted. Like everybody's got the blue flowers on the front porch. You've got the neighbor sharpening the machete in his front lawn. You've got two of the neighborhood dads walking around with crossbows. It's purge night. Everybody's doing it. The Kool-Aid's officially drank. But in the first purge where it's grounded in this, what is the closest we think we have to our own USA, right? Because in the other three movies, it has totally gone off the rails. But again, like this is showing it's just a little bump, right? It's not like they're taking over people's minds or doing any like crazy sci-fi stuff. It's just a little prod in one direction. And while obviously like a lot of these movies, the messaging is fucking in your face, but in terms of how totalitarian governments can come in and do stuff, it's very easy to bump people to a place that you want them to go without explicitly doing it. That's, and that's what I enjoyed so much about this movie. And I was curious going into it. That was why I wanted to see it um, originally when it came out and I just missed. But it explains how simply the rails swap for where we went from normal everyday life to six days later, we've got you know hunting in the streets. And normal neighborhoods, right? Yeah. So we have talked about most of the plot, and we even mentioned kind of where it gets to in the climax, which is we have Naya and Isaiah in the apartment complex. I forget the towers. What are the, is that what they call it? The towers? I forget. I think towers, yeah. So they're there in their crib, and Dimitri and his squad are going to go and try to save them because they know that the government is rolling in with literal military squads to eradicate everyone that lives in that building and this is where the climax is and this is actually a little bit of a fun fake out although i would have liked to see the alternative version but you have the whole squad suited up you see you know you get all the guns they're in this big ass truck and then they just pretty much all get exploded (laughs) and and it's just like okay no actually he's gonna go in there with a bag and a gun and it's just going to be him now dimitri which is like almost like a very diehard we've kind of called him a couple different action heroes yeah. he is a goddamn action star in this movie great i really do like this character a lot but it is cool that he now has to do it by himself although again i would have liked to see the whole squad rolling through i will say that it's cool in the last moment of the squad you get his right hand man saving his life pushing him under the the car before saving himself and he gets riddled which I think is awesome that he's really looking out for his man, Dimitri. And that's like literally the best guy you could have as your right-hand man is someone willing to do that. Yeah, And they could have just as easily gone back to their, like their crib and hole up. And Dimitri lets everybody know it's like, now nah, we're protecting the neighborhood. We're not letting these invaders come in and take advantage. And I know I'm kind of harping on the, the magic hand that was orchestrating it from the government's side. But there's so many little breadcrumbs that they're dropping. You've got the influx of high-powered weapons for the cheap. You've got the drones that aren't just drones getting aerial footage. They're fucking shooting. It lights up Dimitri's crew because they're going to intervene. You've got the guns, the drones, the gas they're pumping in. You've got the money incentive. Whereas in the other movie installments in the series, it's just little bits and pieces. And again, like that's what I like so much about this one. It is just showing they threw the entire kitchen sink at trying to get this to stick, right? It's like, we got to do everything we can. We got one shot to install this system of culling the undesirables. And we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that it works. And I don't know if I was completely expecting that going into this movie, right? Like, obviously we know NFFA is fucked, but the extent is, you know, because in the other movies, they're kind of hovering behind the guise of psychological cleansing. And 
it was never that, right? Obviously, yeah. you know that, but I never really thought about if I thought they were sending the government squads in and pretty much rigging it from the get go, just because I think when I thought about it, I was like, I don't know how the purge got implemented. I was just like, fucking tell me because I want to know. And obviously, we knew that America was in shambles economically. We knew that from the past movies, but I didn't still didn't know how that was going to turn into the purge. I didn't know how you were going to pitch that to America and get that to work from the get-go. And so I was just kind of like, fucking tell me. And that's why I think I really was excited to see this movie. And I thought in a lot of ways it did work and in a couple ways it didn't. Yeah, but, you know, it's, again, it's pitched as this this experiment, a scientific experiment grounded in Updale's research and her psychological theories about the catharsis of man. And, you know, that's her fatal flaw is the fact that she is so focused on the science. You know, we see it right at the beginning. She's like, oh, I have no political in- inclination. Like, this is very much just research for me. And, she, you know, when she says it initially, it's kind of like, yeah, you're full of shit. But she's so blind to, like, the rhetoric and the political string pulling that, you know, she obviously gets blindsided. But, you know, again, it was pitched as a, a scientific theory that was going to solve a problem based off of these psychological flaws in humans. And the only way you're going to be able to back up that hypothesis by was by having this total swell of violence. And if they didn't get it, then it's kind of just a failed experiment. Let's try something else. And that's what they, you know, they ensured that they got a shit ton of violence and then they can go back and be like, well, see, obviously people have fucked up shit in their heads and they want to be able to do this and they need to be able to do this. Yeah, and that's how we ended up with the purge, obviously. And I do think that they did a good job of explaining how, like we said, they rigged it from the get-go. That's how you ended up with the purge. I would like to know if Updale knew that they were paying, that if she knew that they were incentivizing people to actually participate as well, because that would make her even worse. Because like, as a like scientist, like she should be like, well, fuck no, we can't do that. Yeah, no, I mean, she's it's definitely not totally ethical in the research, right? She is very willingly subjecting people to be put in a dangerous situation. Nobody's saying that she's like flawless in her approach, but if it doesn't go out the way she thinks it's going to happen, whatever, you know, and again, she explains it to be like a cathartic release. You know, if that's what man want needs to be able to do to purify, like a lot of people, there are like plenty of philosophers that would argue that that is a thing, right? And she's just kind of implementing that into a modern day problem. And trying to create a solution right and it's nobody's sitting here saying that the purge would be a good idea but i think the whole way that the nffa reacts to it is also very pertinent for sort of how fascist regimes operate where it's like it's the the facts and everything really the data they don't matter what matters is the narrative right so if if it's not going our way then we just shift everything we mess with the data we control the messaging on the news platforms we make people believe that yeah scientifically this works even when the data doesn't support it you just fuck with the data and now it does if the polls are bad i say these are the worst polls in the world these are these are terrible these are fake if they're good i say this is probably the best poll ever exactly yeah you hit it on the head but so we did mention that this final battle, Dimitri's going in one on, I don't even know how many. Dozens. Yeah. Baker's dozen at least. Right. And so obviously he saves them. I feel like for all the horror or they're not horror, we've talked about this, but for all the awful shit that happens in the Purge movies, you usually can count on your main characters to survive. 
Dimitri was the only one that I wasn't sure if they were going to let survive. I was very happy that he did. And then the sirens blare and they're taking him out. Get out of my way. Get out of my way. Uh, Naya's not, uh, or no, it's Naya's friend who's, I think, the one Dolores, who's yelling. Yeah, the hero of Staten Island. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say is I love that he's kind of just like everyone is like, thank you, thank you. The whole community is fucking just, I'm like, yes, Dimitri deserves that. He's the hero. It's amazing. I love the character. And it was just a perfect way for me as someone who was watching the movie, loving the character. It was a great way for it to end. Yeah, I agree. I I liked the ending a lot. You know, I didn't think we needed to have him. I did think he was going to die. I was very pleasantly surprised that he didn't, that he gets to live to fight another purge. You know, he doesn't show up later in any of the other movies he's not instrumental into uh the purge finally getting shot down but his personal journey as a character i thought was really well done probably the best part of the movie for me yeah yeah and obviously obviously painted as like a bad character with the drug kingpin but again i other than the fact that he's selling drugs which fuck the man right like why why shouldn't you be allowed to do stuff that you want as a fucking Hmm adult right you know again really not that big of a problem you know it's only a crime because they say it's a crime so Mm -hmm. fuck that right but he's a mentor for the youths and obviously he's providing for others when they need you know he offers naya money at the beginning of the movie and then you know very self-sacrificial and fucking loyal to the honor code in terms of people that ride with me ride with me and if you don't like you're fucked but protecting the people that he was around you know like that's great yeah Definitely. Do you guys? Yeah, I think any... he was definitely like the most memorable character from the whole film. Like, if you ask me in a month, any of the characters' names, I'll tell you Dimitri. I don't know that I'll be able to tell you anybody else. Yeah. How do we like him compared to Leo? I think I prefer Dimitri. He's a little more badass, dude. Definitely. Huge, yeah, definitely huge fucking cannons on his connected to his shoulders, dude. Never the yeah. Never mind the actual weapons he's carrying. Uh, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to like compare and contrast them because they're similar characters they're both like men of honor with like a code and also badasses who can do like the whole lone gunman thing run in take out like 30 guys all by themselves and they are in very different situations so it's hard to say i can't say like one better than the other because frank rillo is awesome he kills it but yeah i think the way what's the actor's name duncan elon noel i might be mispronouncing his first name I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to attempt it, but I loved him. I thought he did a great job. I want to see him in more stuff. I agree. Definitely thought he killed it, and I liked the character as well. I think we pretty much touched on most of the main things of the movie. I do want to do a quick segment with a little bit of information from The Purge TV show, which aired for two seasons. I watched the first season and the first two episodes of the second season, and they have a little bit of tidbits that kind of relate to this movie. So I want to just drop them in right here real quick. Please do. So in the first season, there is, this isn't really a spoiler if anyone's going to watch it. There's a character who is someone who just survived. They were a kid in the towers and they survived and their parents were killed. And those families are called, and the families that all of them died as well, are called OMFs, original martyr families, because they gave their lives, they sacrificed to start this purge that healed the nation in that universe that's what they're told so those that's what that's a little bit of a dropping there and the only other thing this actually just relates to the purge universe in general is sandin systems is just a little bit their security systems are something that in the purge world people still buy 
Is that that's what uh, Ethan Hawke's character sold in the first one? Yeah, they're the Sandin family. So the people in later, yeah. Oh, okay, created cool. an empire. So just a little tidbit there. I won't say anything else because I think Taran is planning on potentially watching the series. So anything else that I wanted to drop in might be a little too spoilery. But OMF was the big one that I wanted to say because I thought that was just an interesting that directly ties into this movie. Yeah, I, I think I may watch the series as well. It sounds interesting. I like is, it. Is I'm, the I'm a big whole first fan. season. Is it just like on like purge night or is it set over a longer period of time? It's one night. Sick. Yes. Oh, I, I think that that's kind of like detracting for me, but I'm sure it's good. It's got some characters that I like. It's a USA show. So, but it's not one of their blue sky shows. It's like a very different kind of USA show. What's a blue sky show? Uh, like monk suits, white collar. Okay. You know, you can, those kind of shows. Right. So yeah, it's got like cursing in it still. So it's not. Yeah, and the perch happens at night. when guys not really <laughs> <at work>. <laughs> Fuck you. So that's it. We've discussed all the major things about this movie. It's time for us to get into our final thoughts. And along with that, our ratings. As we've been doing, I'm going to let Gardner go first. So Gardner, let's hear your final thoughts. All right. Pretty much still stand by everything I said in the, in the intro. All right. I do want to give it a little bit of credit to, ex- like Duncan said, to exploring the transition of human nature and how people weren't really getting into it and everything and how they had to be kind of cajoled into it by the fascist government. Nevertheless, not quite as enjoyable as uh, the previous two. For me, still more enjoyable than the first one, The Purge. So the first Purge from me is going to get 60 glowing contact lenses out of 100. Okay. All right. We didn't talk about those at all either. That fascist yeah. government definitely stole. There's a patent for those out there, and it's just frozen in development. We should have contact lenses with cameras on them, but I'm sure the NFFA just snagged that shit and was like, we're making them, and nobody can stop us. Did but, we not um, mention those at all? Those are super creepy, and I love those. The blue eyes, they were definitely added to the creep factor. Dude, yeah. when Isaiah is walking in that like sketchy area and all the people are looking at him through the windows and their eyes are glowing, awesome. Yes, really spooked me. That was great. That's the good, scene. good vibe flushing out and i mean that's like really the only like or one of the only like variantial variant different shit than just you know dropping you into the streets of a normal like of where we are right now so i really enjoy that part i i actually love this movie i think uh, i'm gonna give it a nice 78 dead white nationalists out of 100 i wish i could bump it up but we're just gonna have to let yeah the number of dead white nationalists is never too high all right. So I think I, again, we talked about a lot of the things and I agree with most of your guys' points. I think that it, like I said, was probably the most well-made, I think, of all the Purge movies and best characters, in my opinion, probably best acting as well, in my opinion. But it suffers, again, from being a prequel. And because of that, it can't do as much surprising things and interesting new things as the other movies could do. And again, the fact that we didn't really say world building a lot in this episode, but the fact that it didn't have the world building because the world hadn't been built yet, I think did detract from this movie because like we were saying, things like the polite leader and his squad, those types of people don't exist yet. And people lighting up their cars with Christmas lights and dressing up crazy shit and having gold AKs and that and having chainsaws or whatever kind of saw to get into a store. That's not happening yet. None of that cool shit can happen yet. So it loses points for that. And because of that, I'm going to give it a 75 Skeletors out of 100 It was really enjoyable, but the other movies have things that 
prop them up more in the fun factor that this movie didn't have as much of. Solid. I do have one, I have one more comment um, I know about Dimitri. I know we were loving him, but uh, he is also kind of a dirty capitalist. And he lets everybody know, like at the beginning of the movie, if you get hurt and you die, I lose my money. You know, that's trickle yeah. down economics, trickling all the way down to the, you know, the parking garage, which great guy yeah. and all, but he's still exploiting his workers. So, yeah, good point. I forgot about that. But when he said that, I was like, oh, come on. That's the reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm what the heck? Yeah. Well, I didn't love him yet at that point. He hadn't shown me how much, uh, how cool he can be and how no, much he could. Ca- can... Were you at, at that point already? Yeah. I was I, sold immediately, dude. Yeah. I liked the reason that they were on the island was because like they couldn't move all their stuff. I thought that was a good reason for them to not be getting the fuck out. So I like that. So there you have it. Those are our final thoughts and ratings. That means we've finally gotten through the backlog of the Purge movies. That's all of the mini-sodes that we're going to do. And the next one is The Forever Purge. Like I, I can't said, wait. Yeah. Next Tuesday. If it's still July 2021 when you're listening to this right now, then it is still in theaters. Ooh, I have a fun game. Well, I don't know. Have you guys read? Have you guys seen the trailers or anything for The Forever Purge? You want to guess what year it is? Oh, I've seen I a couple trailers, but no. I don't really remember even. The only thing I remember is the thing we talked about, about how there's that Saw trap, that saw S trap. Yeah. That oh yeah yeah that one guy that yells it's the forever purge <laughs> all right let's do our guesses then all right we're gonna guess what year the forever purge is placed in so we're gonna start i mean Taran, it was your idea let's start with you yeah i'm gonna say uh well fuck when the purge election year is what like 2032 2040 2040 okay i was gonna say 2042 for the forever purge i'm gonna go like 20 2055 okay gardner i'm gonna go hmm 2050 okay i think it's 2040 oh you think really? you think the senator just totally botches it that was my she guess gets, was that she gets elected that? and just fucking well, unzips I mean, her face i should say i'm the god of the purge i gave it 2050 because i want to give her the benefit of the doubt and say she got two terms i think that uh, my guess is and i'm so probably maybe i should say 2048 wrong. Okay, so you want to change your guess to 2048 then? We'll put that in there. Yeah. We'll let you... Okay, I'm going with 2041 is what I meant. The year right afterwards, I think that they just start, they say, fuck you, and they just do it. We are not doing prices Right rules all, also. Like, it's just whoever's closest. I don't oh, want you yeah. get... I'm just clarifying, dude. No, yeah. I okay. want to win if I'm going to be close. If you've already seen the movie, you probably know how wrong we are or how right someone is, but we'll see. Tarn's already seen it. He's just lying to us. He knows what he knows what years it, it's in. He looked it up. He's yeah, a sneaky just, fucker, that guy. Sneaky, sneaky. It's purge, baby. No rules. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next Tuesday. See you later, friends. Peace out. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Uh, watch movies. Have fun. Talk about them. Pen, 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 pen. I got brides in Atlanta. <laughs> Don't lean the family Credit cards in the scammers Hitting the licks in the van Legacies, family Wayne see look like a panda Going out like a Montana Honey killers on the hands Legacies, family Wayne see, family Pockets woke, Danny Selling ball, candy Lean on the macho like Randy Panda, panda, panda